2020, we were scheduled to go to Peru. COVID, no Peru. 2021, we wanted to go to Peru. COVID, no Peru. 2022, we started looking at how can we go to Peru. And um, it became very evident that we could not take kids into a situation in Peru. So we began to ask the question, how can we go to Peru without going to Peru? And the answer, the answer that we, um, where we arrived was Peru is here. Peru, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, uh, the Latino community is here. So with our heart to reach the Peruvian community, we began to formulate that we were going to go on an outreach here. And quite frankly, I, I thought that it was going to look a lot like when we were in Peru. And quite frankly, I was wrong. <laughs> um, there were elements of it that looked similar. But in Peru, we have a whole network that has been established over many years of a church that has a vision to meet with us, we meet with them, we go out, they do follow up, people come into the kingdom and are disciple. Little did I know that that was not the vision that at least I knew how to tap into. And so I began looking for Latino pastors that we could link with. And the very first one that I met with, I said, how are you uh, reaching people? And the pastor said, well, with COVID, they come to us. They come to us to get food and to get help with immigration. They come to us. And I said, what about the people that don't come? She went, oh. Now, she is from Peru. And uh, I said, where, where are they? Where are the fishing holes, so to speak? And she said, oh, huh, oh. I said, are they at a soccer fields? Are they at the laundromat? Are they in apartment complexes, trailer parks? Where she said, oh. And suddenly it's dawning on her. There are many people out there that are not going to come to the church and that the church needs to go to them. So we began to develop a plan, and, um, and she and, and one of the ladies that was working with her the lady said, I live in a trailer park. I'll see if we can't go there. And so she set it up and away. That was the first solid piece that was in our outreach. Thank you, Jesus, because that, that gave me hope that there were other pieces to follow. And, um, and there were. There were a number of pieces to follow. So the, the first day of outreach arrives. God had done some masterful things in preparation of our team. And we wheel into the trailer park in downtown Cary, about a mile from where I live and very near where you go to send to um, Raquel. I'd never been into this part of the trailer park. I'd been to the other side, never been to this part. We uh, went door to door. And we were inviting people. But before that, when we wheeled in, we tried to find parking places. And there weren't enough for the number of cars we had. So there were two spaces available at the first trailer beside the stage area where we were. 
And a woman came out and flagged Scott Carpenter down, said, you can park here. And then Dale Littler parked beside him. And the lady says, can you help me with my door? And Scott said, "Uh, I can't, but I've got a friend who can. So he gets Dale Littler, who's a very handy man and very gifted. And Dale Littler comes and looks at it, but his daughter's getting married in two weeks. And he said, I I can't do it right now, but I have a friend (laughs) who can help. So Dale comes to get me. Well, I'm not construction gifted, but the guys that built my prayer and praise porch are. And what they look for is people that have need that they can step in to be able to really bless. So we're standing on the outreach, you know, the drama's going on, and I'm, or before, I'm calling to, to my friends, and I got one of them on the phone. I said, here's the situation. Can you help? He said, yes, we can. So I was able to go back to this lady who I didn't tell you, but she is Muslim from Morocco. And um, she watched the drama. We got to pray for her. And she began to tell me that her husband had died one year ago. He died June 16, 2021. She has a seven-year-old son. She has no husband, no car, no job. And there she is in this trailer that it really does have some real need. So... She was very excited that some people were going to come help her. Well, this week, I met those guys over at the trailer park. And she was beyond excited that they were there to help her. They're going to build a porch with steps and a rail and fix the her roof. Water comes in over the top of the roof, down through her door, and she has to have towels to sop up the water that comes in every time it rains. And her little seven-year-old oftentimes walks out of the trailer and steps down because there's no platform, and he falls out of the trailer. So she really was in a desperate place that she knew she, she couldn't fix it. So when we were there, I said, now these men, they're Christian, and they follow Jesus. And she's like, Okay. I mean, you know, they're going to build her porch. And so she didn't have a lot to give, but she gave water. And she said, please come in. She wanted everybody to come in, get a bottle of water, and sit in her home, in her trailer home. And uh, White Plains had invited them to come to their Bible school and had given her a paper. And she was fumbling through all the drawers to find the paper to show them that she had an invitation to come to the church to Bible school, she and her little boy. In the course of it, she looked down, and there were two books. And here's the first book that she had. Book of Mormon. And she said some people had been to her, she didn't let them in, but they'd been to the door. And they came back and they brought her this book. And she let them know that she didn't read English very well. So they came back and brought this. It's the Book of Mormon in Arabic. In Arabic. 
And what I began to realize, and she said, she said, it's no good, no good, not good. I said, that's right. <laughs> and um, she said, you take these and you give them to someone. I said, I'll be glad to take care of them. I will be glad to take care of them. Yeah. Moral of the story, we thought we were reaching out to Latinos, and the first one that the Lord gave us was a woman from Morocco who is a widow, who has a very practical need. And not only is the gospel speaking and going to continue to speak to her, but faith without works is dead. And as, as these works are coming, I'm, I'm believing that God's going to build more into her heart than a porch for her trailer. And, um, you know, it, it just underscored the need to me that it, this is one mile from where I live. And it was like walking into San Juan de Lurigancho or Juarez, Mexico, one mile from where I live. Now, I don't know what I'm going to do with all of that, but I do know what I'm going to do with this, and I know that I'm going to continue to reach out to that little lady and her seven-year-old boy. Now, she did inform me that she has a single brother in Morocco that she was very interested in me knowing, <laughs> and he doesn't smoke cigarettes, and he doesn't drink alcohol, and he is very nice, and he is very available, and I'm going... No, th that's okay. Thank you. But <laughs> so she she is already wanting to offer to me things that are very important to her. And I want to offer the man that is very important to me, and that is Jesus. And so I will defer now to the next, next one. Y'all welcome, Carla. Hi, hi, everybody. Um, the trouble you have been having with Bridget, you might be. This is not the right. <laughs> I got the wrong paper. <laughs> that was Mary for making all those connections and things. Um, Mary's just so amazing at, at, um, at, <laughs> at reaching out and talking and, and making things happen. It was amazing. Um, before I went, I was um, I was a little nervous about doing an outreach here locally. Um, it's just such a different culture here than it is in Peru. And you know, in Peru, we're we're different. We stand out. We are welcomed. We're, you know, we can get a crowd like that. It's such a warm, um, inviting atmosphere. 
And here, as you know, people aren't really excited about Christianity a lot of times. And um, and so I was had some preconceived ideas about um, reaching out here locally. So, but um, I was so encouraged the the whole week to see how much God is at work all around us. It's amazing. And it was so cool to connect with all these different places um, to see this, um, you know, this transition with this pastor. And now they're going to be reaching out in this trailer park. That was our first one. And then we met this man named Daniel, who does this outreach um, off Millbrook Road, who um, he he reaches out to Hispanic people. And Bill can tell you more. But um, part of their, or one of their connections is that they help children who are um, behind about three years in school to get them up to speed. And uh, they, when we went to their church Sunday morning, there were several groups there that were represented that was, that were coming together to, to support his ministry. And that was really neat. Um, so, um, we went, um, hope, uh, that afternoon we went to, um, a cul-de-sac in a neighborhood and it was a group from crossroads that um, had they've targeted the street to bring Jesus to that neighborhood and they are investing in in this community and going and praying and and Bill says helping with bills and things and um, you know really really connecting with the neighborhood and that was such a special time. I got to share the, um, cast the net at that place. And there was a little boy, you know, and, you know, asked the question, if this is the first time that you, you prayed this, you know, raise your hand. And his little hand was like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> but they didn't miss that. And I know that there's going to be follow, follow up there. <laughs> so anyway, so that was, Really neat to have that assurance that these people are already invested in this in this community and they're going to follow up. Um, so, oh, and we also met another Mr. And Mrs. Dennis at that place. The leaders there, um, they were uh, Winston and Sherry Dennis. She said, "I'm Mrs. Dennis." I said, "Me too." <laughs> so, anyway, we also uh, you know connected with our ministry that you know about the uh, Kiss. Um, Kiss from Jesus Flower Ministry, and that was really neat. Had a great day that day um, with the girls, and the guys went to Bridge Ministry, and that really opened my eyes too, because the girls also went to um, Durham and to this um, warehouse, uh, not warehouse, uh, storage units, and it was air conditioned and very nice and clean, but we put together bags for the uh, for migrant workers and so I learned so much about that ministry that is really cool because um, it's really targeting traffic people um, and trying to identify people that might be trafficked and how to how to um, help them get out uh, or heard some stories about that that were just horrible but it was just so encouraging to see a ministry not only to migrant workers, but they reach out to homeless people and give them toiletries and food and, and things. That, um, really sweet ministry there. Um, we saw uh, 
We went to a Vietnamese Spanish English church. <laughs> It was really interesting. Had a fantastic. We thought we were going to be in the hot sun, but they invited us in, and they um, had a, a, just a sweet time of, of worship and prayer there. Long prayer after the service. That was just you know altar time. Kids going up to the altar. That was really awesome. Um, then. Um, Some of y'all know Donnie and Dale Clayton, and they're involved with a food pantry um, in, in um, Garner, and so that was really cool to connect with them. Um, we, um, the guys, went over there one day, and then another day, the whole team went, and we did the drama three times there. And if Tim were here, he would tell you that he would go. This is a this is a food pantry where the cars drive up. And are given food. Oh, it's on the web. Okay. Oh, Tim. Hey. Oh, is he going to talk? Any? Okay. But anyway, I remember Tim um, saying that he would go and he would pray for the people that were coming up to get the the um, the food, and it was apparent that some of the people were living in their cars, and you know, just it's just so eye opening to see that. There's all these things happening right here, right under our noses. People are just um, living very, very different lives than we are. <laughs> so it was good for our kids to see that. Um, we went to With Love from Jesus. I thought you were going to share about that. Okay. Anyway, somebody else maybe can. But anyway, well, there were some interesting things that happened. Y'all are y'all aware of With Love from Jesus? Um, great place to donate your things they minister jesus the love of jesus to so many people it's grown from a little teeny uh garage thing to a huge warehouse with giant coolers and things and they get food they give food and clothes away um there's some things that happen with our team in that regard that i'll say for somebody else um We went to a nursing home that was, we kept talking about connecting the dots, like the church uh, at White Plains and the pastor and the trailer park connection. And then um, King's Jewels went to a nursing home many years ago before COVID, and Holly connected with a lady in the nursing home and has kept up relationship with her. Well, that lady moved to a different nursing home. And that's how we were able to go in and do the drama. And it was the first time that they had had anybody come in in two years, any group come in. And they were ready for us. And they just were so interactive. And, and the kids talked about that, that experience a lot. And um, we heard that the nursing home people talked about us <laughs> being there a lot. That was just such a, a special time to see God, um, God working there. Um, then the Daniel pastor, our, our schedule was, had these big gaps in it in the beginning of the week, and we didn't know where we were going or what we were doing on these days. And then, so the beginning of the week, we meet this pastor, Daniel, who did the Spanish community outreach, and he told us about uh, the treetop apartments where he had some connection to, Mary knows. And they, um, he said, well, you could go there um, and do the drama in their soccer field. 
and so we made arrangements to do that Sunday. We still had another gap earlier on in the week. And so he said, well, you can go, you can bring the team there and pass out flyers. And so <laughs> our team went through that whole neighborhood and we knocked on every single door and we gave every person a flyer if they were there. If they weren't, we left them a flyer. And uh, so we had that whole neighborhood covered and letting them know that we'd be there Sunday at 6.30 in the soccer field and come. And we had a nice turnout. So that was a real special time. Um, so I just saw God at work all around in the city in those places. Um, I also just want to say how, what a privilege it is to work with the staff, um, to work with a group of people that that know their strengths and their weaknesses is such a privilege to see, you know, you come together and to serve in whatever way God has you. Like, um, for instance, Dale, Dale, he never sat down <laughs> hardly at all the whole weekend. He cooked all of our meals. He was, he was, you know, heading up the, the shower time. One time I called him and I said, Dale, there were two showers that we were using over there in the other building, and one of them stopped working. <laughs> and so we, had, we were trying to get all the girls through real fast, and so I called him, and, and uh, so he couldn't come at the moment, but he said, I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it. And then later he said, I can fix that in seven seconds, I think. <laughs> and so we were thinking, oh, no, a pipe has burst in the ceiling, and we're going to have to crawl up in the ceiling, and it's uh, not working. And... Uh, <laughs> So he goes over there, and it was just like a little nozzle thing he had to push on the... <laughs> he did, he fixed it, you know. So, you know, we just know, we know our strengths and weaknesses. Um, Bill, you leading the talk time was... I loved hearing about that, and maybe you'll talk about that. And Mary and the connecting with all the ministries. And uh, Penny, you inspiring the kids with your passion for Jesus... Just, I love, love, love that. And I think somebody might talk more about that. But that was just so cool. And and the, the people that would come support us from outside was also such a blessing to me, too. Like, um, Camille came and brought us cookies and talked to the team. And the, the people here at Westover, the, who were they? The custodians? Or the, the, the board of trustees and his wife bought our team howling cow ice cream and you know they just loved on us so much and betty walden washed laundry did laundry because they were getting whew, a little stinky so um just the support from the people around us. we learned that scott carpenter was really great at negotiating because we had when we had the ministry at the trailer park they had pizza for us but they said you can only have one piece of pizza. <laughs> and of course, we have teenage boys there. And so he called Taco Bell and negotiated um, a price and got like, what, 60% off? A whole bunch of tacos. It was crazy. Explained who we were and what the kids had done and what they were, um, what they were doing. So just working with the team is uh, just such a, a great privilege. Um, also, God really met us uh, in the in the heat. It was like supposed to be ninety the whole time. And my sister texted me, 
and she sent me the, um, you know, those really hot emojis. She said, I'm thinking about you. And she sent about five of those with the guys dripping. And, but every time God provided, every single time we were not like, it was doable. Um, he provided an indoor place when it got hot to that time at the Vietnamese church. They opened their doors on a Monday night for us. Um, the Capital City Church, one, we did one drama outside, and then it started to rain, and so they moved us inside in the air conditioning. And then um, at another apartment complex, we were set, that was kind of a last, uh, later addition, and it was in the hot sun, and we were preferring the people watching, and they were we were supposed to be doing it like in the middle of the day, hot sun. We were letting the, the people that in the apartment sit in the shade, but then this breeze just comes right through, right during the drama. <laughs> it was just like, thank you, God. So, you know, the Lord really, he loves us. He takes care of our every need. Um, I'll do, share one more thing, maybe. And then um, the there was a time in the, in the hall, well, one day, I was noticing the girls were, they were talking here and there and there. And I went upstairs and... They were all kind of congregated before bedtime, and um, they uh, were, were sharing some stuff. Um, and, of course, it was boy-related. <laughs> so um, there were some, some boy issues. So they had a big discussion later um, during the, the talk time that, that uh, Bill led about, he said, what irritates you? And all the boys shared things. Um, that the girls, you know, or that, you know, that were mentioned before. And it, it was just such a Jesus thing, I think, that, that uh, all those topics were covered and brought up by, by the guys themselves, really. So, um, okay, good. Okay, yeah, they'll share more about that. So, um, then that whole issue led to a, an altar time that night. And um, we, right here in this place, this is our altar, and we had uh, the chairs in a circle. And so um, Bill had said, are you going to share about this too? Okay, well, I'll do Okay, all right, all right, I won't do that. So anyway, that was, what I will say one thing you might not say. And that is when, <laughs> I noticed that there was, um, there was a girl that, I've known her for a very, very long time, and she was, she's very stoic, very, she has some anxiety issues, and um, she had had some struggles during the week about food and not liking the food, and Holly had gotten her some special food for her, and she was, she was on the floor, and I've never seen her be very emotional, and she was just tears streaming down her face. So I went up to her and I said, are you okay? And she just said, yes, I just feel so loved. And I just was, I just knew, I know God was doing a work in that girl's heart, you know. Um, so that was during the, um, the altar time that, that night. A lot of things happened during that altar time. There were kids everywhere. So Bill will tell you about that. <laughs> but anyway... So my preconceived ideas about not being 
that you know the U.S. being kind of cold, we're kind of smashed. That God is really at work everywhere, and I, I was really encouraged by all the things that happened. You want to give you a question and answer? You want to just go? I'll just go for it. Okay, so um, there were a lot of amazing things that went on that week. Um, the um, we when the girls were downstairs um at those tables actually making flowers. The guys were upstairs in one of the bigger rooms. And they were um, putting together bags for the, um, they were, yeah, the farm workers, the migrant farm workers. And we had put together about 250 or so bags, but Miss Mary was, had called the person who told us what to put in them um, and asked if we had them right, and the lady said, no, 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 there's, we need some other stuff in there and to take some other stuff out, and, um, so, we're, it was miraculous that, um, that call happened at that time, because if we had waited any longer, those would have already been shipped out, and it would have been too late to fix them. And so the guys unbagged all of them. Um, we set up kind of a deconstruction and reconstruction line. And um, I was the, um, the bag checker. I checked every bag to make sure that it was correct. Quality. Yeah, quality control. And um, so, yeah, that was um, amazing. And then um, at that um, cul-de-sac that we went to, there... The kids there, they just, at first they seemed kind of bored when they were watching the drama, but when we finished the drama and, um, I don't remember who it was, shared their testimony and the gospel, um, the kids were, like, open up, opened up to us and they let us share the gospel with them. We gave them the, um, bracelets, um, and we explained what each of the colors meant, and we gave them a bracelet and a card, and they just accepted that. And um, then, oh, at the um, the I'm forgetting the word. Um, the place where the old people were. Yeah, the nursing home. Yeah, um, at the nursing home, I was confronted by one of the older ladies who, um, and Miss Mary was there with me, and I was confronted by the older lady, and the older lady was like, my, you've grown so much since the last time I saw you, and, um, I asked Miss Mary after that if I even knew her, and Miss Mary said, no, I didn't, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, um, so there were a lot of um, things that moved me, and I saw other people move through that week, and it was amazing. Did you did you share the gospel? Yeah, I shared. Oh, I forgot to mention that I shared the gospel and I shared my testimony, um, and so that stretched me a lot because I had never done that before in front of a big group of people. 
I wish I felt a little more prepared in sharing because I think I'm still in the processing stage because when you're on a mission trip, there's so much that happens. It really takes a while to just absorb it all, but um, I'll share what I can. Um, both Mary and Carla both and everybody also said about the expectations. And I think when we go into a missions trip or any kind of outreach, we have expectations. And um, um, the thrill of going on a mission trip for me is seeing people saved and being a part of that process and, and reaching out to people and talking to people and seeing them come to know the Lord and even an opportunity where you actually can lead somebody in the sinner's prayer. And, and having had experiences in Peru like that <clears throat> and the crowds of people and the people that respond, um, I went into the outreach feeling very enthusiastic, very excited, very, you know, uh, anticipating great and wonderful things like that. I knew that it was going to be different. I mean, like Carla said, I knew it was going to be different in the challenges that we would have here in the United States um, because there's so many different mindsets. I even dug out some apologetic books and wrote down all these things that if I had come across some people, was able to talk to them, I might have something to be able to persuade them and convince them about Jesus. Um, and things looked very different than that. You know, there, there was not the crowd. There was not the... Um, um, mobs of people running up to get saved and um, but I, I one of the things that I really came away with um, um, it's just amazing that how God works in us as he works through us and I, I watched the young people the same thing happening and Henry was one of the ones that really inspired me Henry great job um, just the the boldness and that they started getting even, even like we had a, um, a fun little activity the first night of uh, doing um, musical chairs, everybody walking around, and everybody was really hesitant at first, like, I don't want to play this game, people are looking at me, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and then, like, the second, third day, we did the same activity, and everybody was, like, oh, having so much fun and dancing and carrying on. And just to see that the, the teamwork that was starting to build and um, just how God was already working in the hearts of the young people to... Um, yeah, to form teamwork and just God's working in us as he works through us. One of the things I think that God was working in me was um, to lay down expectations. That um, what we need to do is pray and obey and leave the expectations. Leave all the uh, outcomes to God. So he was having me lay down some of my expectations and um, realizing that um, God was working even if it wasn't quite the way I thought all of the connections that Mary had made, all of the things that were being set up for later down the road, all of the people that were being ministered to in their individual ways. I realized it was more about uh, individuals than than just masses, you know, and just the uh, amazing things that God was doing in that. Um, so, um, and God was teaching me a lot about prayer and working me, and there was a lot of the um, devotions that were geared towards prayer, and um, I just believe in the power of prayer, and I felt like God was even doing even deeper and more in that with me, and just the um, um, the boldness and the confidence I started gaining from prayer, and the more more I prayed, the more confident and bold I felt, and uh, one of the um, devotions, I don't know if you're going to share about this either, but one of one of the devotions was about um, praying in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. And that thing stirred me up so much. 
I was like, yes, you know, we need to pray in Jesus' name. And this name is above every name. And we don't have to be afraid um, when we pray in Jesus' name. We need to be bold and confident. And um, and God showed me, like, uh, a lot of times when we pray, it's like the little tail end phrase at the end of a prayer, you know, la, 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 in Jesus' name. And it just kind of trails off at the end. And I was like, no, we got to say in Jesus' name. This is the name above every name, you know. And, and that... Um, uh, when we say in Jesus' name, it's not a little phrase. It's the confidence and assurance that we're going to get what we pray for, that he will answer. So God was showing me um, about that, about laying down expectations, about the only expectation we should have is that when we pray, God hears us. When we pray and obey, God's working. Um, one of the ways that I'm not even looking at my notes. Anyway, um, one of the ways God really worked this in me was in a really powerful way. Um, Carla, I guess, shared about the um, the altar time and how intense that was. Everybody was coming to the altar, praying, crying. This one was with this one, and this one was praying with this one. And God was really stirring in me, and I was crying and crying and crying. Couldn't really figure it out at first. Um, but then it was like, how can I be on an outreach, ministering to all these strangers, and sharing the love of God with people, knowing that my dad really didn't know that, you know? Um, so I just was crying and weeping and crying and um, finally realized what that, that was about. That God was, I think I had just shared maybe that morning my testimony. Um, anyway, and, and some of my, some things that were going on with my relationship with my dad in the past were coming up. And so I was getting some healing going on in that prayer time. But then mainly it was just like God's heart towards my dad was all my tears. And um, so. Um, the next morning, even after this prayer time, was always crying and <laughs> crying. And then the next morning, I woke up and it started all over again. All this flood of emotions, all this flood of emotions. And I was like, I came to Mary. I said, Mary, I gotta go home. I gotta go home. I gotta talk to my dad. I can't. I I have to talk to my dad and um, share the love of Jesus with him. And um, uh, it was all, all that theme again, pray and obey and leave the results to God. Pray and obey and leave the results to God. That was kind of what God's been working on me. So I went home, couldn't control the tears. They were still flooding down my face. Walked in, I saw my dad. He says, what's wrong with you? Why are you crying? And I, and I said, I'm crying for you. And he said, um, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, I don't even think they're my tears. They're God's tears for you because he wants you to know how much he loves you. And I don't think you know that. And again, the, the tears just kept coming. And I think, um, anyway, I, I shared with him. I, I talked to him in a way I never had as far as, like, with boldness and confidence and uh, just really spelled out the gospel in a way that direct, you know, the only way to heaven is through Jesus. Who do you say Jesus is? You know, um, and he said, I never really thought about it. <laughs> I said, you know, when my mom was dying, she said, um, are you right with God? She said, because I know where I'm going, and I want to know you're going to be there too. So um, I reminded him that my mom had said that to him and said, you know, it is time for you to think about this, you know. Um, uh, anyway, my dad didn't respond. And, like, we didn't see the big responses of the crowds. Um, but he, But it was a seat, you know. And I know he heard me, and I know he saw the tears, and I think he knew... They weren't just mine. Uh, I, I really think he knew that. Um, and 
anyway, once again, I'm just learning to pray, obey, and leave the results to him. And, um, yeah, so the outreach was a lot. It was amazing, every bit of it. Every, out, every outreach we went to, every location we went to, had a different feel about it. It was, you know, just wonderful in its own sense. But um, one of the things I'm walking away with is that pray and obey and leave the results to God. So, uh, this will be this will be brief but I thank you for the opportunity to, to share some of these things um, and they've not told you everything yet I'm just saying <laughs> they've not told you everything we in, we invented something called power shower. The cross the crosswave thing is power chores where everybody all the kids have their chores to do. You remember power chores? They would wash dishes and windows and sweep. Well, the guys needed showers and the girls had the built-in showers. And so Dale brought his concrete cleaner power washer. He has this big thing. And he, well, he just held it up sideways and just blasted water out. The guys. It was the greatest thing that they've ever seen. <laughs> it was so hot, and the, the, it was just, it was great. It was great. So we'll probably have it at camp. Power shower. Power showers or turn my coin just to make it more fun. It wasn't like the screen. It was like heavy. Oh, it was, it was like this, this band of water this big coming at you. And I said, Dale, this is like those $5,000 built-in showers that have the nozzles on the side. You know, that squirt like this. It's like one of those. The one thing that nobody has mentioned is... Um, this was a young team. Um, when we went to Peru last in 2019, the average age of non-staff was 17 and a half. All right, so we had high schoolers and college age average around 17 and a half. The youngest on our team last time in Peru was 14 and a half years old. <coughs> this team, we had 11 team members younger than 14 and a half. We had two nine-year-olds on our team. The average age was um, was fourteen, so we were three, almost four years younger on average. So that shaped everything we did. You don't think about it, but it shaped everything we did. Um, none had ever participated in anything like this before. None of them had ever participated in anything like this. Um, None had ever even seen or heard of Toymaker and Son drama. None, most of them had never put on makeup. Uh, none had ever shared their testimony publicly. None had ever shared the gospel publicly. Um, it, was, it was a brand new thing for 20 people. We had nine staff that had been there before. Carlos already mentioned that. But for, for 20 people, everything was brand new. Not only the outreach, but it was like two crosswave camps back to back. It was like four crosswave weekends back to back to back to back to back. And you go from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. And staff goes to beyond that every day. And what you really find out is how irritable you can be. You're supposed to be sharing the love of Jesus with these people. But here, it's like this. 
If you've watched the, the TV show, the, the Chosen, many times they show Jesus out there ministering and the disciples arguing about who's who's the best, who's going to be the, the get the right hand of God, who's the most famous of all these people, and they're they're attacking each other. And man, we saw that. But um, the thing that blessed me the most is the team was very teachable. And the thing that Carla mentioned, I had the guys together, and there had been a couple of incidents that will not be recalled, where, where there was just a lot of irritation going back and forth. And I said, well, I went around the, the, the circle. I said, well, what irritates you? Oh, they were happy to tell me. <laughs> Every person was happy to tell me what irritates them. And so I let them, I answered them, they answered me, what, what irritates you? And I said, well, now how do you irritate others? Ah, I guess such and such and such. Ask one guy, says, what, what irritates you? He says, people are talking too much. I said, okay, I can understand it. Well, how do you irritate others? I, I talk too much. <laughs> okay, and I was thinking, this is, this is making sense. This is all clicking. Um, his name wasn't Greg, I'm just saying. <laughs> but Carla had prepped me on some of the, the guy-girl type things. So after we had gone around the circle... How do you irritate others? Or how do others irritate you? How do you irritate others? Um, I said, well, do you, how do you irritate the girls? Do you think you irritate the girls? Oh, yeah. I said, well, why do, why do you do to irritate the girls? And they would say, oh, when she's putting on her makeup, I bump her elbow. Said, well, that'd be pretty irritating. Or I pull a chair out from... Yeah. Why in the world would you do that? To be an irritation. The boys. <laughs> I said, and, and, and this is why I, I want to start with the, the fact that the team was younger. This is younger. And so we were, we were addressing basic human life with each other in a lot of different ways. Um, but praise God, I mean, every time we called people on the carpet, the repentance was immediate. I mean, it was immediate. That guy right there led the charge in repentance several times. Let's just put it that way. Um, they were teachable. So I told him, I says, as long as you remain teachable for the rest of your life, there's no stopping you. Because at every point you remain teachable before God, your growth in the Lord will never end if you remain teachable. Once you think, I know it all, there's nothing for me to learn, you're, you're, that's it. The growth stops. So I was really blessed by that. You know, Penny and some others have talked about the ministry outward. I'm thinking about the ministry within the team because it was so young. Um, and of course, um, part of that first game, that first night was about being stretched. And, and Mary reminded us that, you know, there was a leadership vacuum of team team people themselves because the a lot of the high schoolers weren't there and college age were gone. And so we need people to step up. And they weren't used to stepping up. So one night in worship, I said, I want somebody who's never prayed in front of the team. I want you to, I want seven of you to pray or 10. Well, it took a long time, but eventually we got 10 people to pray who had never prayed out loud in front of the team before. It wasn't pressure. It was just, I'm giving you the opportunity because we had some guys. Every would you, who would pray? You know, some names hands always go up. So, well, let's let the others have a chance. 
So there was a lot of that. The whole thing about casting. I mean, I'm used to casting this drama. Oh, yeah, I'll pass these out. Pass these out here, fine. This is a typical flyer that was used. This one was with love from Jesus. Um, the Spanish church did something similar. But we needed, we needed somebody to be, the, to be Mary, and she needed to be a ballerina. Uh, and God gave us the, it was the best ballerina we'd ever had, notwithstanding Rebecca, <laughs> who's been a great ballerina. But she was, she was so great. And then the guy from Even Magician, I remember when he was nine years old on their team, you would, you would have thought, anyway, he did, he did one of the hardest roles. The evil magician and did it great. The guy that did the Toymaker's son played Jesus part was a guy who we asked him, what's the what's the, the best thing that's happened to you this week? Three times the answer was, I repented. Asked him second time, I repented. Third time, I repented. God gave me God gave me repentance. Now he lives with, with he's adopted, he lives with four or five other brothers and sisters. And it was it was a marvelous work of God in that young man's life. He also had a birthday, so he turned he had a birthday during the week. So the whole idea of casting, and then and then the whole idea of confidence. I've never shared my testimony before. What what kind of testimony do I have? I'm nine years old. Well, has God ever done anything in your life? Well, yeah. Share the gospel. Now, Henry was interesting because we had a, a trial run of sharing the gospel. And I know Henry's been taught well because he wanted to make sure that the we understood the bad news before we understood the good news. You, you, mind me, you don't mind me sharing this, do you? All right. So Henry, Henry stands up. Gospel. You're all sinners. And we said, okay, Henry, we understand that, but let's, let's, let's soften the appeal for a little bit. So you, you, you're kind of, you're making sense out of... Young people wanting to grow and step up, but they've never been in that situation before. So to me, that was that was one of the, the greatest things. I'll guarantee you this. The Crosswave team that we launched in August will be entirely different than the Crosswave team we launched last August. Because these 20 team members, the, 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 the weights are off the bat. One guy told me, when, when we went through the whole idea of confession and repentance and forgiveness, he says, I feel like a thousand pounds are off my back. Um, so we talked about casting and confidence and courage. Uh, some of them says, well, I, I have crossway buddies, but none of them are on this outreach. So who do I hang out with? Well, I guess you got to hang out with somebody new. So that was the you, you saw new connections being built and, and old walls taken down. So God was really stretching. Um, one thing we we had a, a manual. Uh, the thing that, that was passed out. This is a flyer, just kind of with love from Jesus flyer. They were handing this out the week or two before we came, inviting people to come. So that was really nice. And there's some other flyers we handed out. The the treetop apartments that Carla mentioned. Two hundred and eight families. Two hundred and eight apartments. That we ministered with, and and that apartment complex, the um, that's all right. The the project manager has hired this service as a a ministry to the to the people. Now the project manager is headquartered in Utah, 
So I'm thinking about the book that you, you showed us, whether they are the managers and so they've hired this organization to help people, and they are the ones that organized for us to be there. So, I mean, God's moving. But we had these manuals, and we had uh, praying in Jesus' name. It was early in the week. Um, we pray in Jesus' name to identify with Jesus and his ministry. As we pray in Jesus' name, we submit to his will and his wisdom, our own prayers. We admit to the lack of power in our own name. Otherwise, we would just do it ourselves. We ask in faith for God, expecting God to be faithful to his promises, and we magnify the rule and reign of Jesus over our lives. So when you pray in Jesus' name, I didn't want it to be just a little added thing at the end of your prayers. Well, after, after the quiet time and after Penny's encouragement, some of the kids decided, well, in Jesus' name should be the most powerful part of the prayer because actually it is. It is the most powerful part of the prayer. Pray in Jesus' name. So they would start saying it louder. And then more people would join in louder. And then towards the end of the week, it was like a chorus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Even this girl that Carla mentioned with tears coming out of her face, who's had connection difficulties, I've never heard I've never heard a peep out of her. When she finished a prayer, in Jesus' name. And I was saying, God, you 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 are you've touched this girl's heart. Um, it, it was it was really really neat. Um, there is a verse, a couple of verses in in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about um, when you come to present your 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 offering at the altar. Very important thing. You're, you're presenting your gift at the altar to Jesus, and you remember that somebody has something against you. You know what it says to do? It says leave your gift. Go and make it right with the person that has something against you. So you've offended them. You've got to go make it right with them. Then, after you've reconciled, you come back and offer your gift. So, after this week of irritation, I said, okay, we all want to present our gift of, of worship to the Lord. Well, then, before we do that, let's obey this scripture and go to somebody that you know you've offended and make it right with them. It was sweet. This whole floor. Had about 20 kids on the floor talking to one another and confessing and repenting. And um, it was really, really sweet to me to see that happen. It doesn't mean that they're a finished work in Christ. It means they've taken the first step to realize what is required of daily life in Christ. Repentance is... Okay. Um, so it, it, it was it was really really neat um, to see that. I could go into more stories. Um, let me see what I'm going to mute that. I just The Capital Church Food Pantry, 56 tons of food per month comes in, staged, bagged in bags, 
rolled up a hill to the parking lot where it's put in somebody's car. 56 tons of food every month. In a space about a third the size of this room. With love from Jesus, started in, in the guy's personal, in the lady, Linda Williams, who is an amazing woman. You need to meet Linda Williams. Started in her, her personal garage, her husband's garage, temporary basis. You know, bring it on Friday, we'll give it out on Saturday once a month. That happened. Then they had to borrow somebody, a neighbor's garage. And then they moved over here on Highway 54. And now they're in uh, just south of uh, downtown in this building. It's at least 40,000 square feet. At least 40,000 square feet. Food, clothing, furniture. And several of the t- 20% of the team told us sometime in their life and sometimes recently they've been to a food pantry receiving food. So for them to walk back, and one of the guys told me, he says, you know, I used to come here with my foster mother, and I wonder, do you think there's a PlayStation somewhere in this building? He was always in the prowl looking for a PlayStation when he went to with love from Jesus. Same place. Maybe four or five years ago, he was there to receive food. And you just think, these ministries are in motion in Raleigh all the time. All the time. Because there's people in need. Um, some things were canceled. We were, we were going to go to the Tammy Lynn Center. Canceled because of COVID. Some things, we had an outreach at Dick's Park scheduled. Canceled because of the storm that came through. The power's off and they closed the park. But God added other things in our schedule. Why do we share all this with you? You tell me. Glorify God. Glorify God. And it all started Gateway Christian Center. Yeah. Yeah. Mary would call somebody. Half of Mary's task was vision casting. We ran into this a little bit in Peru. Every time they, the pastor would change, we had to restate what we saw as the ministry to a pastor before he could agree to have us. Well, Mary had to do that. Every Everybody who agreed, and then everybody who, the timing never worked out, but I think she made enough contacts to, to last for the next several years in terms of where we might be going. So I want to thank you for your prayers for us. Um, remember that when we pray in Jesus' name, that, that the power of your prayer, we talk about it's your faith, and it is. But it's your faith in someone who is all-powerful. Your faith isn't in your ability to pray an elegant prayer, a sweet prayer. Your faith is in the one who made the promise. That's where your faith is. And if to, to accentuate that in your prayers, if that's what God calls you to do, so be it. But it's because of what he has promised us that we're able to do this. Um, I kind of came up to this idea as a concluding thought. I want to pray for God's eternal best, where best means his eternal glory and the person I'm praying for, their eternal joy. So I want to pray for God's eternal best, where eternal best means God is glorified eternally by his answer to my prayer and that the person or the people that I'm praying for are blessed 
by eternal joy because they will have known Christ in the fullness of who he is. Every prayer you pray can be, can be couched in those terms for repentance, for forgiveness, for comfort, for healing, for provision, for direction, everything. God's eternal glory, your eternal joy. What could be better than that? What could be better than that? We, we, he says, I've spoken these things to you. Why? So that your joy may be full. I've spoken to these words so that your joy may be full. Yeah. So it's a great week. Thank you for, for uh, carrying on without us last Sunday. Um, thank you, Mary, for all the hard work to organize. And Mary's probably got a thousand more stories she could share. Uh, thanks to Penny and and Carla and Tim and Lisa are on the on the on the call here, uh, and the other staff. Henry, thanks for representing the young people on our team. Um, y'all pray with me. Well, we thank you for youth. We especially thank you for youth that is teachable. And will respond, Lord, when you bring them to a place of repentance. Thank you for adults who respond when you bring them to a place of repentance. Lord, we have, you've opened our eyes to see that the fields are ready for harvest. Everywhere we looked, Father, whether it be a Vietnamese, Spanish, American church, whether it be a Spanish church ministry, whether it be a people that have that have claimed a cul-de-sac for Christ, whether it's people who move 56,000, 56 tons worth of food every month, or people, Lord, that have seen their ministry grow from a part-time garage thing to 40,000 square feet with full-time staff and myriads of volunteers. Lord, the kingdom is on the prowl. The kingdom of God is not stagnant. It's not falling behind. Lord, it's not weak, it's not decrepit. It is moving to the beat of your of this drum of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray for Gateway Christian Fellowship. I thank you, Lord, for our for the commitment to, to young people, commitment to the nations. And we ask you, God, here this morning, we all gather our hearts to pray in Jesus' name that you would be eternally glorified. By, the, by us fulfilling the works you have called us to do. Lord, that you'd be eternally glorified by the faith that rises up within our hearts to love you, to abide in you, to faithfully serve you. Lord, we've been reminded this morning that faith without works is dead. Lord, don't let we be labeled with that. And Lord, we also pray, there's the other side of the covenant that you have made, is that the prayers that we offer to you for ourselves and for our families and for others that we know, for your eternal joy in their lives. Lord, we saw a lot of people who cared about human suffering and they were taking steps, Lord, to to minister to human suffering. And Lord, we do care about human suffering. And as, as I've been reminded, Lord, we also care about eternal suffering. And we really can't separate the two things, Father. 
So we ask your presence here among us today. We ask you to do a mighty work in our hearts. But we give you all the praise and all the glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I know it's getting late.